Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Taryn Hatcher and the dynamic Joe Fordyce. Joe, Taryn, the Flyers have reached double digits. The losing streak is at 10 games. The team lost to the Devils 3-0 on Wednesday night. Uh, that was an embarrassing, baffling game by that team. Uh, you're thinking this is a golden opportunity for them to finally end this losing streak. Uh, and they put up a dud. Taryn, I will start with you. How infuriating was that game? And are you really starting to doubt the chances of anything this season being accomplished? Um, well, thanks for the loaded question so early in the morning. Um, it was – I don't even know that infuriating was – the word it was like lifeless it was a hard hockey game to watch because it was not good hockey it wasn't like it just it was so winnable it was like two the first period it was just like two bad teams playing safe boring hockey and you just go if they have any of the creativity any of the puck possession of that game against the avalanche they could come out and win the next period and win this game and then they came out with somehow with less energy, with less spice, with less anything um, to finish off the game. And you do sit here and you wonder, like, where is the answer? What does it look like? Because you hope that if they all like Mike Yo as much as I, I've heard and I know that they like Mike Yo, that maybe they'd play for him in this situation. Um and you just start to wonder, like, if the answers are are there. Um, but they have to be. I mean, it, it's early December. Like, there's still a long season to play. So they have to figure something out because no one wants to go through months and months more of this. Um, but, yeah, it's it really it left all of us so stunned last night. And um, it was just bizarre. It's just it's bizarre. It's bizarre. It seemed like maybe they took a step forward in the abs game. Uh, like I said before, in terms of like puck possession and creativity and getting the offense going again. And as soon as you think maybe they're getting it back, they look like a team that never played together before. I mean, Al pointed out multiple times how, how much miscommunication it looked like was going on. Yeah. And that doesn't, to me, that doesn't make any sense. Mike Yo hasn't even tried to systematically change anything yet. Like he said that. He said, this week is not the week I'm going to implement systematic changes. I don't have enough practice time and I can't do it. So even that doesn't really make sense to me. You shouldn't you shouldn't have miscommunications. I, I know a lot of the, the forward lines got juggled up, but it seemed like those lines worked last game. So why was there no miscommunication last game, but there is this game? There, there's a lot of questions that I have about this team that I don't think any of us saw ourselves asking before the season started. We did not expect this out of this group. And I know injuries and everything else and all of that, and you do have to consider it, but like there's, it's still, it's, it was just stunning to be honest with you. It was like a stunning, how did this get like this moment last night? The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, 
the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I've defended them a lot, and uh, I've, I've, I've mentioned their injuries, and I do think they've been damaging. I've mentioned their strength of schedule, which I think has been really difficult, like when they've played the Lightning three times in this streak. I'm like, that's the two-time defending champs. Uh, they've played the Avalanche. without Braden Point. Like, that's the other part that, like, yeah. I think if we have to sit here and talk about Flyers injuries, I'm sorry to cut you off, Jordan, but, like, if because I've done the same thing. As I've sat here and I've go, you got to look at the injuries. We don't really know who this team is. I mean, and even with Kevin Hayes out there, it's not Kevin Hayes out there. It is post two surgeries and a rehab stint, Kevin Hayes out of there. He's going to take time. I'm the first person to sit out there and say, you, you have to have a nuanced conversation about this team right now because it is a nuanced situation with a lot of details involved. But if we're doing that, we do have to talk about the fact that when they've played Tampa, they have not had Braden Point or Kucherov, who make a huge difference for that team. And they didn't play Florida with Barkov, who is kind of the one who can run that team and run teams into the ground. So... I know the Flyers' injuries are, are more than the than Tampa's or Florida's even were. I, I do acknowledge that, but it's it, they've run into teams. They ran into a devilless Jack Hughes or um, a Jack Hughesless Devils team the last time they saw the Devils. Look how that went. Like, yeah, I was just about to say they they didn't play. They played the Devils without Jack Hughes. So, I mean, everybody has injuries, but you know, I, I'll I'll go back to. Taryn, how did you describe the beginning of the first intermission segment, what the first period was like? I said, I what remember. a riveting 20 minutes of hockey we just watched. It was bad hockey. It was bad. I mean, and I, I probably shouldn't say this here. I, you know, I, I'm sure I shouldn't say it on air, and I don't. But it was bad hockey from two teams that are that are just not, like, impressive. And, and it's hard to... And the problem for me is I think the Flyers should be more impressive. That's what's frustrating. The Devils are, are you know, they're supposed to be young and up and coming and this, that, and the next thing. And you can almost take it because you're used to seeing the Devils play like that. This Flyers team felt like, to me, the, the narrative that I established in my mind was that last season was fluky. It was a weird year. I think a lot of guys came in not in great shape because of the limitations on resources and access and everything else. And I think they just had a whole litany of problems um, once the season started um, between their their COVID outbreak and not being able to practice and this, that, and the next thing. And I could write that off. And then I thought Chuck went and made the team better in the offseason. I do believe he he made the personnel better in the offseason than it was in the 2020-2021 season. So the season that was the 56-game sprint. And it doesn't – it's like 2 plus 2 equals 3 in this situation. I don't get it. And I, I think that Mike Yo needs practice time with them. I think they will play better for him. But I just – I don't understand how – I don't understand last night's game. I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. Jordan, I cut you off at the beginning of this. I'm sorry. You Go ahead. You you said sorry. you defend them and their injuries. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Yeah, I was kind of saying, like, I, I've defended them and I've, I've given excuses for them that I thought were somewhat valid, but just Wednesday night there was just no excuse. There was none. 
This Devils team had one win and it's less seven. That was against the Flyers. Uh, the Flyers are getting Derek Broussard back. They fired their head coach already. It's just like there's no more excuses. And that was a game I thought, like, this This is where it could end. This is where it could end. And and they were just uh, – it was a complete dud. And that, that's where I, I think we're all perplexed because um, it really was that perplexing. Uh, it, it makes you scratch your head and then it makes you get frustrated because uh, you're thinking this is it. So, uh, Joe, how did you feel watching that game? Um, I'm sure you were right there with Taryn thinking, I can't believe what I'm watching. Yeah, so uh, what I'll say is um, the first period, as Taryn described, was a lifeless period all around. Then the second period starts, and, you know, the Flyers, the first goal that they allow, Sandheim blows a tire, and then he kicks the goalie stick out of Carter Hart's hand. And you're just like, okay, this is this this is the kind of stuff that – these these self-inflicted wounds are the things that have been going on since the beginning of the season. The second goal was it was a great deflection by Dawson Mercer. Great a great play, a good play by Ty Smith to get the puck on net. So that's a legit goal, okay? He deflects them. but the first goal was what amounts to almost like a three stooges routine. And then they allow a goal and what happened? The other thing too is that's super concerning is there's no response from the Flyers on their end. I mean, can you even think of a good scoring opportunity in the game last night for the Flyers? No. I think somebody hit a post. Uh, you thought had a decent one, but that was really it. And right. I could be wrong. But you have to struggle. Like one. You have to struggle to come up with one. Yeah. And yeah. in an entire game. And they're not a defensive juggernaut. It's not no. like the Flyers are playing the Islanders of two years ago. Like, it doesn't make sense. It does not no. make sense. And it's not under Vasilevsky and Netsum. It's not Vasilevsky. Like, it's Mackenzie Blackwood. And I'm not saying he's not a good goalie. He's a good goalie. But, you know, first, one, you don't test him. And I'm sorry. It's kind of like if, if you um, if you don't get pressure on any, qu- any quarterback that's starting a game in the NFL – they can hurt you because they're and they made the NFL. If you don't get any scoring chances against a goalie that's good enough to start a game in the NHL, they can shut you out. And the Flyers really generated nothing last night um, in that way. And to me, I think the most perplexing thing, and this this is this isn't about just last night. This is about going back during this losing streak. Is um, the Flyers look like they're out of energy from the start of the game. And that's something I don't really understand. Yeah. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Let's face it. 
People have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements, so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com flyers talk is brought to you by great railing stop into great railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing decking and fencing needs there's so much to explore in valley forge and montgomery county pa montgomery county is composed of charming towns and main streets each with its own personality style and unique vibe whether you are looking to get away with family or enjoy a special trip with friends, leave behind the stress of planning and use our guide to find some of the most amazing things to do. Explore which town and Main Street suits you best or visit them all. Visit MakeItMainStreet.com to plan your getaway today. Yeah, that really is the difficult thing I think for Chuck Fletcher was he was not brought in to restart or rebuild or any of those fun words or not so fun words you want to mention. He was brought in to push this forward, expedite the process to contention. So I think that would be a really, really difficult conversation with ownership of, hey, this isn't working. Uh, we need to do something about it. So that's, I think, the biggest pickle here is when do they decide that? When do they feel it's time? I think they will be a little more patient than I guess we are given, listen, uh, the cliches of it's a long season, it is an 82-game runway, and it is December 9th. So maybe they get Ryan Ellis back, and and they can maybe do something with this. But uh, it will be a really difficult conversation. Taryn, go I'll ahead. Take two. I, I don't think I, I probably sound like an absolute nut job saying this, but I don't really care. Um, I I don't think that they that they don't have some of the pieces they need to be in contention. I think they actually do. I think that the problem is is that we're not we're not talking about Kevin Hayes from two years ago, talking about two surgeries, one rehab stint, trying to get back into a Kevin Hayes with an injury that often takes an entire season to work through. And that's going to be a, a factor you have to deal with. Then you're talking about his replacement, Derek Broussard, not being available. He's going to have to work his way back in. Once Ryan Ellis is back in the lineup, he's also going to have to work his way back in. Joel Farabee, also going to have to work his way back in. Wade Allison, also going to have to work his way back in. Like we are talking about so many players that not only aren't, it's almost as if it doesn't matter if you came to the season in great shape, you now have to work your way back into shape in the middle of a season while also making sure you don't re-aggravate whatever you just injured. I don't, I just worry about the timing of it all. That's what concerns me. I don't think, I think people look at the pieces and you can tear apart so many parts of this team right now because it's been bad but I think Provorov is a different player 
with Ryan Ellis next to him. I think we've seen how much Provorov's game soars when he's got a good, reliable guy who he has confidence in next to him and how much, if we're being quite frank, it suffers when he's constantly feeling like he has to babysit both sides of the ice. And so I don't think we see a true Provorov right now. There's so many spots down the ice where you go like, this guy isn't at 100%, and this guy's not at 100%, and this guy's playing without this guy, so he's not at 100%. I'm a little disappointed. Like, I'd like to see Cam Atkinson get hot again. I know he had a three-game point streak. I'd love to see Couturier do more, but I feel like he's probably got a little bit of the same thing Provorov does, where he's got eyes in eight different places. Like, it's just – I don't – I don't know. It's, it's hard. I do think that they should have the pieces – it's just a matter of like when those pieces are all going to hit a hundred percent, is it going to be too late? And that sucks for Mike Yo too, because that's not something he can control either. Yeah. It's wild. I know I've had outside people, people from outside uh, Philadelphia who are in the game or report on the game. And they've, they've said to me like, man, Philly's got some talent there. They've got some pieces. And I'm like, yeah, no, like you're not wrong. Uh, Taryn, you hit it nail on the head. There is talent. You just, you wonder if it can get healthy enough and out. I'll, I'll turn that to our next question. Joe, I'll start with you. Do you think Ryan Ellis can get back in time to sort of play a savior to this team? I do think in all situations, defensemen like himself can be vital. And I think sometimes a guy like that, his presence has a trickle-down effect. Maybe he can steal the ship. I, again, it is early. I would love to see that guy back in the lineup healthy and to see what the Flyers look like. What do you think? Well, I would say we don't know exactly what the injury is, but what concerns me is that it got re-aggravated so quickly to get him out of the lineup right when he came back. Um, so something tells me it's an injury that doesn't get better by playing hockey. So I don't know that we're going to get a, a Ryan Ellis that's 100% at all this season. Um, but I'm not saying a Ryan Ellis at 80% is going to make this team better because it has the trickle-down effect and you can at least get your – defensive pieces in order, which is quite frankly, the reason in a lot of these games, particularly the last, not so much last night, but the three previous games, they gave up 18 goals and there was just breakdowns all over the ice. And, um, you know, if you can get your, uh, your, your Ellis and Provorov at the top with Risto and, and, and Sanheim on the second pair, I think you can establish some consistency and guys can start to develop a here's where I'm supposed to be on this kind of play and here's where I'm supposed to be on that kind of play, sort of almost like uh, muscle memory that I don't think has been able to be established by anyone this year on the defense core because of, of the Ellis injury. I, I do think it's that important of, of an injury. Um and there's a lot of people saying things like, you know, um, everyone's making, you know, Ryan Ellis sound like B Bobby Orr or Nick Lidstrom or something crazy like that. It's not really about the quality, like that he is a Hall of Fame player. That's not what anybody's saying. What everyone's saying is that he's a number one defenseman. And when a number one defenseman is in place, then your numbers two, three, four all fall into place as well. And when your number one's not there, then your two has to be a one and your three has to be a two. And sometimes your three has to be a one. And these guys, everyone becomes miscast because the number one guy 
isn't there. And I think that is the, that's the big problem here. So um, I do think that any availability of Ryan Ellis uh, would help this team. That said though, I mean, we've heard talk of January. Um, I don't think we've heard much talk since. So that is a little bit concerning to me in terms of the, there doesn't seem to be a ton of updates in terms of how he's progressing. And that would be a concern to me. Well, and the other thing with Ellis that makes him, I mean, not Bobby Orr, but in this situation, like seemingly as valuable is that realistically you want Justin Braun with Keith Yandel, right? Because as much as we don't want to get into the streak and this and that, and the next thing, like that is a storyline that no one talks about that is happening and Keith Yandel has had some some defensive moments where you're kind of like, yikes. But he can contribute offensively. And with Justin Braun, it probably could work. Like you, But you want him there and with chemistry with Justin Braun. And Justin Braun can hopefully stay at home and take on more of the defensive responsibility. And you know what? Keith Yandel can go contribute offensively because they need him there. So fine. But you need... Justin there and then Risto and Sanheim are one of the few pairs that have had like a lot of time together in any consistent decent stretch of games at at points in this season and then you have Ellis and Provy as you were saying playing in their true position but part of the Ryan Ellis value is the fact that if you get him back you get Braun with Keith Yandel that third line seems a little the third D pair seems a little less scary and in a way it you enjoy the the idea of Justin Braun can hold it down. Keith Yandel can contribute offensively because the Flyers have struggled offensively and they probably need as much jump as they can get from him as well. Um, and that's the part that's tough is, is you're you're playing musical chairs in a number of ways here. I, I seemed like they didn't want to break up Bristow and Sanheim. So then you, you had Steeler with Provy at one point and then Braun with Provy at one point. And there's, there's more than one aspect to that. It's it's that they want to put Yandel in a position to succeed as well as put Provy in a position to succeed. And that's not altogether easy to do when you've got a top guy out. Um, and it, it should, with Ryan Ellis back, those three pairs, in theory, should work in a way that can contribute to the team positively. But right now you're playing musical chairs with everyone because – Provy's having a tough time and Yandel's having a tough time. Well, everyone's having a tough time, but I, I feel like that's for some reason, you know, we don't really touch that storyline. I think because everyone is a little bit, you know, on edge about it, but um, it's, I, I mean, it's something that like you got to acknowledge at some point is, is they're, they're playing, trying to allow Keith Yandel to play in a position that will allow him to succeed but realistically, Sealer's probably not the guy next to him to do that. And Sealer hasn't done anything wrong. It's just Justin Braun is a better fit there. Am I? I mean, if you disagree with me, I'm I'm more than open to hearing it. But I mean, I I totally agree. And and the thing is, I think what we're dealing with here is we have two players to me, Ivan Provorov and Travis Sanheim, who appear that they've lost all confidence in their game at this yeah. point in time. And I think part of the reason that is the case is because they're not playing where they expected to play this season or with who they expected to play with this season. And where do you I think, think Sanheim expected to play? 
Well, no. So maybe maybe that take that out of the equation for Sanheim. Because I see I see flashes when Sanheim's pinching when he's getting involved offensively. I'm like, all right, he's feeling it. Like he's starting to feel it. Maybe not the entire game, but maybe just this shift. And the, the interesting thing is, I feel like when Risto pinches and gets involved, it almost looks like he's frustrated that the offense can't get anything going, and he's like, screw it, I'm going to get involved. But I yeah. think when Sanheim does. He's feeling it. He feels like he's skating well. He feels like he's moving quick. I, I it's just interesting because there was those. I mean, what did, what would you say it was like six games where the two of them you're looking at them, you're going, oh, all right, they they've got chemistry. They're developing now. Sandheim looked very lost to start the season. He started to find it. I think him and Risto kind of developed some chemistry, and both of them started to play better. I don't. Yeah, I, I would. I agree with that. Everybody and, now, and, I have no idea. Sanheim is playing where he's expected to, so take that part out. I, I I should refine what I said. The Sanheim's confidence seems to be low in his own zone, and then plays like last night happened, and it's the errors compound on top of each other. So not only are you blowing a tire in the corner, you're then kicking the goalie stick out of your goaltender's hand, mm-hmm. and it's it's it. And I'm not I, – I don't want to go back to this, but it has that feel sometimes of like last season when he and Myers played together, those two – it's almost like those two sometimes look like a house of cards that collapsed on top of each other in their own zone. And, I, I mean, the game at the Garden where both were minus six comes to mind. But they're – it's, it's – your 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 game defensively can't be and your mentality cannot be affected by how you play offense or whether you can play offense and i just feel like there are guys on this team and and prover i'm i'm merely referring to the defense here but i think there is a number of players on this team who look like they've lost confidence in all of their in in their game and you know i would even i would even throw Sean Couturier into that because one thing that i've said was Last year, and, and really through Coots' whole career, he was never a player where you you didn't notice him during the game. And I feel like there are some games this year where he blends in and you're not noticing him. And that isn't really a trait of Sean Couturier's game. And that is concerning to me. Yeah, not only is it less season all over again on defense right now in terms of what Taryn alluded to, the musical chairs, people bouncing all over the place because – Quite frankly, a lot of them are playing out of position probably. But they're not even scoring goals. And, like, you think they have talented high-end forwards that can score goals. But you look at the last 15 games, last 15 games, Sean Gatorier, Travis Konechny, and James Van Reems, like, all have one goal apiece in the last 15 games. One goal to all of them. I mean, that's right there. JVR, two-time 30-goal scorer. Sean Gatorier, two-time 30-goal scorer. Travis Konechny, all-star. Led the team in goals and points in 2019-20. Like these guys got to produce. Like, and when you have three of them all go quiet like that, I mean, it's damaging. And it's right. and and, and Jordan, it's like 25 mil between the three of them, something like that. Right? Yeah, Taren, no? seriously, it's a right. lot. And, it's just, a lot. It's just that's not what it's all about. But like, it, it is right. it's 25 million dollars between the three of them. And the thing that's confusing to me with this whole situation is when you look at some of the defensive issues. And I talked to Scott about this before. A lot of it, and going back to last year too, when you look at where it starts to really break down, there's a lot of F1, F2, F3 talk. 
And then you look at the Flyers offensively not producing and also having very little sustained offensive zone time and very little puck possession with the exception of the Avs game. You, you just go, okay, then where literally, where are they at? Cause defensively you've got issues coming from defensemen, but also your forwards and offensively, there's no puck possession. There's no high danger scoring chances and there's very few goals. And so it's, Literally, it's like you're looking at it and running out of ice to talk about. And I I do think a lot of that over this streak has to do with them having issues with AV system that, it you know, now that he's gone, I have no problem saying I'd heard they don't love the system and that it's very difficult to play. And if you don't play it the right way, it can also house of card situation. So I, I get that. But you can't have blown assignments defensively and also not generate chances. Like when we talk about Kevin Hayes, right? Two years ago, Kevin Hayes was not a speedy demon running all over the ice, but he knew when to cheat. And when he cheated, it would lead to goals or to high danger scoring chances or momentum inciting parts of the game. That's, that there's not there's not cheating defensively for the sake of offense right now. It's very confusing. It's very confusing to me. It is confusing all the way around. I think so far the Flyers are eight, twelve, and four, ten game losing streak. They have a road back to back set coming up here Friday and Saturday. Friday in Vegas against the Golden Knights. Saturday in Glendale, Arizona against the Coyotes. Both games if they're, if they're allowed in their building. Well, Arizona doesn't have to pay till December 20th. Oh, right. Their deadline is the 20th to pay their bills, to stay in the building. Rent's due on the 20th. (laughs) Both games on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Taryn Hatcher will have pre- and post-game live for you, produced by our very own Joe Forice. We will see if the Flyers can snap this skid, and maybe a win, maybe just one win, can get them going in a better direction um, and make us not doubt them as much. Uh, Guys, I will say the last... Two times the team lost 10 straight. They made the playoffs both those times. Yeah, but did you watch the Vegas game last night, Jordan? No, that's that's it. And I... Yeah, I'm just being optimistic. I am already trying to find things to talk about for Friday. Right. (laughs) But we will see. Let's see if the Flyers can get back in the win column on this back-to-back. Catch both games out. NBC Sports Philadelphia with Taryn, produced by Joe Fordyce. Can't wait for it. Guys, thank you so much as always. Great seeing you. Great chatting with you. We will have so much more next week as well. A big thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer and guru. And a big, big thank you to Flyers fans as always for listening to the Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to talk to you next time.